Get ready for the world's greatest Arsenal podcast. Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Enjoy the show. Hello, welcome to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. My name is Fergus. Uh, you're listening to an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans, Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Today is a little bit different. It's Guns and Yellow Ribbons meets Lee Judges TV. I am joined uh, initially by Dan Potts and hopefully uh, later by uh, Lee himself. Uh, and yeah, the old fella, Trev. You're right. We're going to talk Palace. We're going to talk Jack Wilshire. We're going to talk Newcastle and many, many other things. And this is the second take, so I know Trevor's going to ruin me. Go on, Trev, you start. Vieira, Just start. Oh, Vieira. Oh, he comes from Senegal. He plays for Arsenal. Vieira. That's the second time I've sung that tonight, people, because the first time Ferguson had forgotten to press the go live button. <laughs> So we were all wasting our breath. Ferguson, <laughs> <and> you're rubbish. <laughs> oh, Dan, I'm so glad you're back. Honestly, mate, I, I, I'm going to have to have a word with Lee in a minute and, like, you know, up your subs and stuff like that and keep you on here because this fella is just. He, you know what? I'll tell you what. If I didn't have such a. Such a, a prolific head of hair, I think I'd be in your same position as yourself. How are you doing? Mate, I'm all good. Uh, this is what Arsenal Football Club do, does to your people. Uh, no, I'm joking. Uh, yeah, mate, uh, great to be back on, by the way. It's been a while since I've been with you guys. And um, when you work with Lee Judges for as long as you do, your hair starts to fall out. It starts to look like him. Well, I need a pair of glasses now and I'm sorted. Do you know what I mean? So, I was going to say, Joe um, 90 glasses and you're, and, and you're sussed. <laughs> and, and I've sorted it out. Yeah, and just get rid of the beard because he doesn't like a beard, does Lee? It gets very itchy for him, bless him. So, um, yeah, but uh, I'm all good, Ferg, and good to be on with you. And of course, old man Trev, who I love and adore. <laughs> bit yeah, harsh, yeah, old man, yeah. isn't it? Old man, <laughs> Lee, how are you? I was all right, panicking there. I couldn't get on the bleeping thing. And then I realised I had to put my glasses on. I was missing a V. <laughs> so that was why I <laughs> uh, Guys, this is Guns and Yellow Ribbons uh, meets Lee Judges TV. Um we were got to try and find out some technical way of transmitting on on both channels because uh, we had to like you know up the the quality on on your channel Lee sorry but you know yeah so, but pa- <laughs> apparently joke. you can do it you can do it but da- but Dave's not home yet otherwise he would have been able to do it so um but but next time we'll definitely do that like you know so um... yeah yeah it would be it would be a good giggle a good giggle but we're yeah. going gonna to look at the palace we're going to look at the palace game we're going to look at uh, Vieira coming back to the Emirates uh, the welcome he will or will not receive, and at what point does uh, um, cordial welcome turn into business? Um, and we'll, we'll just look, look, look at that, and we'll, we'll look at Jack Wiltshire in Newcastle. Trev, what's the face for? What's what do you the face mean, for? Welcome he will or won't receive. He will receive he a was... welcome, Fergus. He's the, he's the greatest <laughs> midfielder of his like that I've ever seen at the Arsenal. Of course he'll receive a welcome. And then it'll drop off for 90 minutes while we give him a damn good hiding. And then hopefully <laughs> we'll give him another good send-off at the end of the game. Patrick Vieira, an all-time, all-time Arsenal great. Win. Can't argue that, Dan. Can't argue that. Dan, we've been in the stadium. Um, we've been in the stadium so many times this season before the, before the game an hour, an hour and a half beforehand, and the atmosphere in there has been stunning. Uh, when mm. Tottenham got battered by uh, Norwich and various, it, it, it's just normal. It's 
today was a bit of a blip, but um, normally they get battered. And the Palace <laughs> beat them, and we were singing the Vieira song. Can you see um, the North Bank singing Vieira in a game, or would that be just a little bit <clears throat> weird? No, I, I hope that we do sing a song before the game starts because I think he deserves all the praise that he, he's he's got over the years. I think he's, as Trev says, I think he's by far the best um, centre midfielder that we've had in the, of all time. I mean, I know that I wasn't around for the Liam Brady days and we've had some great players of recent times in the Cesc Fabregas's and the Santi Cazorla's, but really for me... Really and truly, Patrick Vieira is a legend, and rightly so, he's a legend. For me, he's in the top three to five players um, ever that has kicked the ball at the club. So I think he deserves a good reception. And I'm, I think, I'm with Trev, I think the fans will give him a good reception. I don't see why they wouldn't. But it's not going to be one of these uh, receptions that goes on throughout the game because we've got to remember why we're there. You know, we ain't there to praise Vieira. Yes. We're there to support the club. So we have to remember that. And I think that... Although I want him to do well across the season, I don't want him to pick up any points against Arsenal. So um, we have to be at our best, of course, tomorrow night. Lee, uh, do you think the welcome that Vieira will get, and I I know I'm going on about this point, but do you think it will uh, stir a a bigger support for Arteta and we might get more of, um, you know, the best looking Spaniard I know and so on, just to... To counteract, <laughs> I know. I know you'll be in the front row, Lee. <laughs> listen, listen, I don't, he's going to take more than that to get me singing that song again for a very, very. I can't see myself singing that, that song ever again at this moment in time unless there's a massive, massive turnaround. But I, I agree with what, what everybody said there. You know, listen, I will sing his name before the game because for me, you know, Arsenal would not have won the trophies they have would have done with this man playing for our football club. You know, sensational, but. Yeah. During that ninety minutes, I won't. I won't. But he, he's an enemy because he's. You know, just. Do you remember when when he came back for Juventus? You know what I mean? Like um, at Highbury, I think it was the following two thousand and six. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like got a great reception. But after that, well, you know, and if, and if Arsenal are winning two three nil, which we all hope that they are, I won't be singing his name then because that's you know disrespectful. You know, so yes. before the game, and that's it. You know what I mean? Like. I, um, and I, I think that Patrick would understand that as well. That, you know, if you've got a good reception before the game and then nothing after that, then that's fine. And I think that that's the way it should be. Um, circumstances like that, I think with the way he left and everything, that, I, I never felt like I got that opportunity to say goodbye to him, if you know what I mean. It was sort of like done after the cup final. Um, and for me, um, this game will put massive, massive pressure, or, or will do, on, on Mikel Arteta. Because I'd say, what, if if, if uh, Vieira comes along and Crystal Palace uh, school him tomorrow, that's um, Emery's predecessor giving him a good schooling over two games last season, and Vieira doing it to him now, I think that he'll be under a lot of pressure. But I think that um, I think Mikel has got enough with the players tomorrow to, to get the job done. Really, really good point on that. I nearly agree with everything you said there, Lee. I nearly agree with everything you said there, mate. <laughs> Apart from the fact, firstly, do you sing up there in the posh seats? I can't believe you sing up there. <laughs> <laughs> How can you sing when you've got a gob full of prawn sandwiches, mate? Jesus. <laughs> Listen, I'll tell you what. I I think we're, we're everywhere you go at the, at the Emirates now. I'm pretty sure there was people Nick, Nick, not singing behind you in rows and all that. Like I, I'm, I'm shocked by the atmosphere up in the... Uh, in the uh, hospitality, they are singing. You know, you go into the um, the club Arsenal bits there, and they are everybody's getting up singing a song. 
Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, they're actually putting their sandwiches down and put, and standing up when they ate Tottenham. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's fantastic. You know, so um, I've noticed that. I did notice that last last time we were there. It was all yeah, round the ground. all round the ground. It's been fantastic, yeah. isn't it? I've got to say that the atmosphere. I don't know what it is that's made it change, but it's, it is absolutely pumping. And I, I, th- I, don't know I think it's know. almost a siege mentality. I think it's a siege mentality. Oh, like, you know, I think it's going to do that. that. And we, also tomorrow, if you, if, you, if you get in there early, you buy one, you get one free on the old drinks. Right, tomorrow. Doing, right? <laughs> the more you drink, the more you save. Fergus, just before we move on, mate, I know we're not going to dwell on Vieira too long because it's about the Arsenal as much as we love Vieira. The only thing I differ from Lee is that when we've done them 4 0 tomorrow, I just hope that Vieira takes, don't do a lap of honour, don't milk it, just take three or four steps onto the pitch, Patrick Vieira, have a quick clap. So we could all appreciate you, and then off you go, mate. You know, off you go and tell your players where it went wrong because we've stuffed you. But uh, I'm really looking forward to tomorrow night. Really looking forward to mm. it. Firstly, because I want to get that memory of that freezing cold day at Brighton out of my head. Uh, you know, not the game, just the weather. The, I've never known weather like it. And then secondly, it's been a while since we've had a game at Arsenal now, and, and I'm ready for a night at a gun at the Arsenal at the Emirates. Statistically, uh, Palace have only won four out of the last 42 meetings at Arsenal um, since they've been in the top flight. Um, we've um, lost only one in our last eight meetings, uh, winning three and drawn drawn four. We're unbeaten in four league games, winning three, drawing one, keeping a clean sheet in all three of them. Dan, talk to me about the back four, the defence we seem to have a, a, a defensive lineup with Tommy Asu, who, um, with Ben White, with 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 Gabriel, with Tierney, and more often than not, as well with Ramsdale. He's a crap keeper for thirty five million that we paid for that got relegated twice. Talk to me about how awful all they are. Um, I think the back five... I'm not taking words is... out of your mouth, by the way. <laughs> I'm just saying... I think... I, I, I'm talking about the fan base that, that talked about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And you're right. And you're right to say it because there was many Arsenal fans underwhelmed by the transfer window, if I'm honest with you. And I don't think that they were so underwhelmed with some of the players, but certainly in some positions... Um, sections of the fan base were, were saying that we just haven't haven't done enough, we haven't got the marquee players that we needed. But actually, if you look at the signings, particularly in those positions, and we'll concentrate on the rest of the side in a bit, I'm sure. But if you look at what we've done at the back there, um, we have upgraded on every position. So, in my opinion, Tommy Cafu, now that everyone calls him, uh, is... A definite upgrade on Hector Bellerin. I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to work out that he was a reason that we were weak. And we've improved on him. Um, in the five games that we've played with him in the team, we've looked a hell of a lot better. Uh, Kieran Tierney was my favourite player, still is my favourite player, although he's not been great this season. I think has enough credit in the bank to give him a chance with a good international break, by the way, that he had um, for Scotland to come back into this side and prove why he's Kieran Tierney and why he's our best left-back. Ben White and Gabriel, when we started to see Ben White against other centre-halves, I was thinking, well, why can't he head the ball? Then it was the opposite way around, and it's like, why can't he play with the ball now? And then I think the last couple of games, we've started to see 
that he has actually got a really good footballing brain, but also he is fairly comfortable on the ball. He's starting to win a few headers now, and he's starting to form a partnership with Gabriel, who, by the way, last season for the first three months was our best player. And then because he got ill with the pandemic, everyone then said, oh, he's crap now. He's no good. When actually he was just brushing off the cobwebs and then he ended the season fantastically well in the European uh, Cup and also uh, the North London derby. I thought he was exceptional. Didn't give Harry Kane a sniff. So I look at what that partnership can do with Gabriel and Ben White and I'm okay with it. In goal, Aaron Ramsdale, I've been impressed. I wasn't massively happy with the signing but at the same time I didn't think it was an absolutely shambolic signing because I'm not going to lie I didn't really see enough of the geezer I just got told that he'd gone down with Chef with uh, Chesterfield Sheffield and Bournemouth so everybody said he must be a poor goalkeeper but actually he's looked a lot more commanding than Leno he's done what he needed to do in terms of his shot stopping and it looks to me like he's got a good character and his attitude is right I liked him from his first interview in terms of his leadership and his mentality I want these um, goalkeeper gloves, I want to have the number one shirt. Leno ain't getting back in this side. I want to hear that. So I've been really impressed with the signings that have come in. And as a defensive unit, we certainly look stronger. The problem is, Ferg, it ain't that which is our problem. The problem is up the other end of the pitch. But defensively, 100% we've improved because we bought five new players. So we hope, hope to think we would improve. Totally totally agree. And, and, and Lee... Um further up the pitch and we won't go to the forward line because that's where I think the main issues are in the centre of the park we've lost Shaka. he's out for three months um, so he won't play uh, party and what's your midfield set up in, in, in that in, in this lineup? and bearing in mind we haven't played for two and a half weeks and then we've got two games in four days I know we're used to it normally in the European thing but Premier League football is completely different two games back to back like this Strange one. I think it benefits us this time around with the international break and an extra couple of days more than anybody than, than some teams. So I think that it benefits us and then probably goes against us a little bit that Villa have got a couple of days on us um, for the for the for the Friday night game. But um, you know, I, I think we've got to look at it from from that point of view. This is where the problems start for 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 Mikel now. I think like the back five, as I think we're all we'd all agree now that that's the back five that we'd all go with, you know. So, barring injury, that's what it's going to be like, you know. And, and the one good thing about that is that all of them want to play for Arsenal. They want to be here. There's none of this, oh, does he want to be here or don't he? They all want to be here, you know. Um, Tommy Asu like, has come out and said, you know, when, when Arsenal wanted to sign him, couldn't wait to get here. You know, Tierney is another one there. Gabriel ch- could have chose three or four clubs, but he chose Arsenal. So, that's all good. Ramsdale as well. The midfield is a problem for me, like, Partey, guaranteed, what is what is it going to be there? And for me, when we're at home, I, I would change it around a little bit. I would put uh, like Thomas Partey in there and put Ullegaard and um, Smith-Rowe as another two players, two number eights alongside that when we're at home. So we've got a little bit more attacking option and that gives us the chance to play either Martinelli or Pepe. So that's what I would do. But if you want to go for the more safe bet, you know, Lukonga comes in there and then and it depends who you want to play up front. I also think, I don't know how you guys think about it, but we are misfiring up front. It's not working up front, but I think that's because of the midfield as well. So that's where it's going to have to be be, be looked at as far as I'm concerned. I think that maybe we're a little bit too cautious in the way we play, not just with set-up, but the way we play with, with the two players, trying to cover um, defensive areas. We've got a good solid back five now. Trust it. Trust it to defend. Trust it to be there. Great. Get 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 a midfield in there that can, you know. I think one in there 
And, and what, what I would like to see is our attacking players attacking and, and, and our defenders defending. And, and what I mean by that is that I don't, you know, it, it seems to me like it's Tierney is becoming one of our main sources for attacking. Now, I looked at Liverpool yesterday. I know those only playing Watford, but forget about who they play. I don't see um, Sahar chasing back Salah, chasing back and, and playing at left back at any time in that game did I see him in the opposite, in, in our box defending. When I watch Arsenal against Brighton, in particular against Brighton, Aubameyang's on the on the 18-yard box. Our wide players are in, you know, like banks of four at the edge of our box. I don't see Liverpool players doing that. People turn around and say, oh, we, we play a similar style with Liverpool. No, we don't because their three forwards are allowed to attack and that's their main job. Yeah, I, I think that Firmino just gets into a little bit of a space and just that, but ultimately that's not their priority. With our players, no, I, it is. I, 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 I I do agree. And Trev, um, your thoughts on would, would would you go like what Lee said there about a more cautious approach with Lekonga? From what I've seen with Lekonga, I I actually think he's quite forward moving and forward thinking. Um, in in his his style of play, he seems to be very much get the ball and try and push it through the lines. Who would you have in that um uh that midfield sort of if if we top of agree on party has to be there because there's no there's no Shaka. Would you would you go with Odegaard or Lakonga and then push up towards the the front line and see what you think? The boys have made so many good points there, Fergus. I was just listening and making a few notes mainly because I couldn't get a word in. I was hoping that lead judges would take a breath eventually before he passed out. <laughs> you see, going back to the back five, it's, 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 Two points, it's yeah, two points, five. I think. <laughs> and uh, I'm not going to dwell on the Brighton game, but I know you boys were there, but at the Brighton game, I just felt like it was the old Arsenal. that We were playing under a bit of pressure, against the side that were big and strong at Omens, and we just soaked it up, and, and, and we had a one or two chances against us, which we dealt with. Ramsey, uh, Ramsdale made a, a save or two, and all through that game, I was thinking, we're going to nick this 1-0. We're going to mm. nick this. We're going to go up the field and nick this 1-0. This is, this is what I used to see at the Arsenal. This is what I used to see the old back five do. You know, because Seaman, don't forget, when we had, the, when we had the, the, the Invincible or the back five before that, you know, the Adams and the Bold and the, and the Winterburn and the Dixon. We had Seaman in goal. We had to make saves. You know, we said it wasn't a case of they, they stopped everything. And that was exactly as I saw it at Brighton. I thought, this back five is developing really nicely for a team that's not played many games together as a, as a, as a unit. You know, and I really thought we were going to go up and nick, and nick a goal at the other end. And then when you talk about Lee talk, was it Lee or Dan? I can't remember. It talks about Ramsdale and the passion he shows, you know, and Tommy Yasu and a couple of the others. Yeah. And I honestly think that's a massive part of the raise in atmosphere at the Emirates. Because if you see a player pumping his chest and, and know, and you know in your head as a fan that that player wants to be out there and play for the Arsenal, it raises me. It lifts me. It makes me want to cheer and shout even louder, you know? So, you know, there's that, it's all, for me, it's, it's all one big picture. And uh, as for as Fred. for Ruben playing in the midfield, wait a minute, because I'm going to ask you a question now, Fergus. Who will be playing in the midfield? Oh, that's what I was You can't really, you can't really, oh, you could, you could make a case for going either way. Definitely, Odegaard and Smith-Rowe playing slightly deeper, but 
I'm not confident in the striker playing in front of him at the moment because he's got no form. And then you can make a case for Laconga playing alongside party because you can see Laconga's going to develop into a very nice handy player. So in this case, right, right, and I'm watching these boys' faces now, you have to trust Arteta to make the right decision in the team he picks, right? You do. You know, we trust can laugh process, about it. But Trev, that is why. That is why. No, it's not a process, Fergus. It's just team selection. That is why you have a manager to make team selection <laughs> in circumstances, you know? Um, just, just the last thing. It's a funny old game, isn't it, right? We're talking about we've got a strike. We need a striker badly because Aubameyang's not, lost his form. He's not scoring goals, right? I thought his effort levels were pretty good against Tottenham and against Brighton. I thought his effort levels were up, but he's not scoring goals, and that's a problem. But who'd have thought a couple of seasons ago that we'd have thought our major problem was having a striker that weren't scoring enough goals, eh? It's a funny old game, isn't it, eh? It's the right funny old game, mate. <laughs> and Trev, he, 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 he scored seven goals in his last eight Premier League uh, games um, where he's appeared on a Monday night. Um, we've scored 15 goals and just conceded two in our last seven Premier League games. Yet again, we've scored the least goals, I think, in open play since 1987. Dan, you, where's it all gone wrong? What, what, what's the problem with getting the ball in the onion bag? Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because a lot of people are suggesting that it's not the manager, that it's the players are just not good enough. Um, but I, I really don't think that's the case um, because I looked at the football that this manager's provided us for the last 20 months and it's just not attacking. Um, it's not attractive. I don't think there's any games we've looked at and thought, wow, we've absolutely blew them away. Um, I've seen 35 minutes of so, football this season, which I've been really impressed with against Spurs. And apart from that, it's been pretty boring to watch, yeah, but, I think, unattractive. You, you, you say it's it's not the players, it's the manager. And I'm, I, I, I'm not discounting what you say on there. Mm. But you look at Aubameyang, look at him against Norwich. He had five or six chances and people said, oh, he just needs to stick to his stride. You look at him against um, uh, Brighton, he had one chance on goal, he hit the post and then he just disappeared. There's something fundamentally wrong with one, that player, and two, just the striking options. And, and, and that can't be solely down to the manager and the tactics and the style of play, can it? Uh, not solely, but I think that what we're asking these players to do is we are, in my opinion, restricting them. I'm not seeing flair. I'm not seeing expressive football. I'm not seeing attractive football. I'm not seeing us be allowed to uh, go in our stride. How, how would because, you like, change Sorry, sorry I, I'm, I'm jumping in on you because, no, because no, no, we you're all fine, talk. No. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, we all talk and no, you're fine. say it's process. Of the, yeah, yeah. And, and like Lee Judges is saying, he doesn't see Zaha playing as a left wing back. He sees him playing as a left winger. Um, for most of the time that Aubameyang's been uh, playing for Arsenal under Arteta, he's pretty much been in the left wing back role. Now, what we're seeing now is him finally being put up front. Um and it's still not working because I don't feel, and this is just my opinion, that the players, for whatever reason, are allowed to go out there and express themselves. Or if they are, then obviously they're not good enough. But I quite rate Smith Rowe and Saka and Pepe and Aubameyang and Lacazette and Martinelli and Erdegaard. So it's either those seven players are rubbish and we need seven more players or the manager needs to get them playing. 
Now, if the manager's asking them to go and be attacking and expressive and they're ignoring him, then that's a different story and that's a real worry because if they're downing tools on him, then the manager needs to go. But I don't think that's the case. I actually think these players seem to be wanting to play for this manager and they seem happy. But I'm not seeing enough on the pitch to show me that they're good enough. Now, I said this to Lee a few uh, days ago. How has Jurgen Klopp and Thomas Tuchel and Arsene Wenger and Unai Emery got 30 goals out of Aubameyang? But Arteta can only get 10 to 15. Isn't that now means Aubameyang's crap and no good? Or is Arteta just not getting the best out of the player? Pepe's goals have been pretty good. His numbers have been pretty exceptional. But he's the player that just gets bombed out all the time because he's rather play the other players coming in. Now, that's great because Saka and Smith-Rowe, I'm a big fan of. But they've got combined seven goals last season together. They're not going to save us our season. They're not going to score for us. Erdegaard True. doesn't even get in the box. He's just outside the penalty box. So we need to be looking at, in my opinion now, how we want to play football. Show me a style of play. It's been 20 months now and nobody can tell me what the style of play is. I'll ask you, can anyone tell me on this podcast? The three of you. Because no one can. So I just, I think that's what we need now is expressive football. That's why I'm coming to Trev. Trev, um, Dan's mentioned some good points. Um, he's mentioned some really talented players in the likes of Odegaard and um, uh, Aubameyang and so on. How do we get a How do we get a tune out of these? What is that missing ingredient that just gets them working? Is it an attitude among the players? Is it? If we look back under Emery, uh, we said it was Ozil, um, and we needed a creative midfielder, and Ozil was sitting on the bench. Now we got uh, Odegaard and Smith Rowe. What's the solution, Trev? How does it take you five minutes to ask 25 questions that I can't remember the first one you asked? (laughs) (laughs) Trev, what do you think the problem is going forward? There we go. (laughs) Dan, swap places with Fergus. Um, No, I can't do his job, mate. You can't drink enough whiskey. (laughs) Is that if you look at the, the average age of our team, we're a very young side, right? And... And they're all new. They're, they're all they're all just developing into the Premiership. Smith Rowe is still playing for the England under 18s and he or under 21s, and and Saka's just coming on in the England team. So that they can, if they don't develop, then we're in trouble. Odegaard's a very young player, you know. Pepe, I struggle to rate. I, I keep thinking to myself, he's got to come good. Seventy-two million don't cost you. To, don't don't get you this. Seventy-two million gets you more than this, you know. And he shows flashes of brilliance, Pepe, but they're very rare flashes of brilliance. So I can't answer Dan's question. Nobody can answer Dan's question because we can't put our finger on what the problem is. You know, we've just got to we've just got to to hope that this young team keeps developing, and that in January he brings in a striker and maybe even right, maybe even makes a, a leader as captain of the team. I think that would be a massive help as well. Because Aubameyang's got enough on his plate and he ain't leading this team. Lee, you mentioned earlier that you were talking about the forward line. We're in that area now. Uh, would you play Saka? Um, you know, he's played a lot uh, in the uh, the England setup, and he, he's been overplayed uh, to a certain degree, I think, uh, even for Arsenal. Would you start him? And by all means, answer any of the uh, questions or ones that uh, you heard previously. Uh- 100% I play Saka. Do you know why I play Saka? Because he's our best player. Simple as that. I don't care how old he is, he's our best player. Um, so he plays. Uh, I, I think that um, Mikel has, has got to get the balance right between 
defending and attacking. At the moment, it's just the scales have tipped 40 60 towards defending. He's like, we're very, very um, strong in our defending. It's, you know, listen, I'll go back to what Trevor, I don't know what, uh, what, what, and I think it's a great point that Trevor made. He thought we was going to nick it 1 0. That tells me that he didn't think that Brighton were going to score. And I felt that. Like, I, you know, like when I watch other teams, last year and the year before, I think, oh, it's a matter of time before they score. I feel a little bit more confident in our defending. I know against Man City weren't, but I, I have felt confident with the way we're defending. We got a little bit nervous probably against Burnley and Norwich in the last five minutes, but that's expected because we needed points. But I felt, even against Spurs, when they put it, put it on us and it was 3-1, I still felt that we was going to hold out. So I think that we defensively, we're a, we're a better side than what we were 20 months ago. When people turn around and say, oh, we've not improved over the under Mikel Arteta, the defensive side of the game has improved. I, I, I don't care what anybody says. And I think it that does. that comes... Yeah, no, I agree with, with that. Not, not, not just with, with Mikel Arteta, it's the signings as well. You know, like he has made uh, four, four out of the five signings now uh, are his signings in the defence so if it's not improved by then then there's a problem so he's got in the people that he wants and I think that's improved but what he's got to do is would, I think would you say sorry Lee just to interrupt would you say that was our main problem before he, he took over the job defensively was uh, we needed to yeah, shore up the back we shocking, first, didn't we I think we've been shocking defensively for, for a number of years we've been crying out for a, a party to play in the side in front of a back four we've, we've been crying out for a Big strong central defender, which we've got with Gabriel. Gabriel ticks all the boxes of uh, of what you want for a central defender. He can defend, he's powerful, and he's got pace. His recovery runs are fantastic, so you can push higher up the field, and he can cover it. Like you know, and I think that with with Benjamin White now alongside him, we've got somebody else that can do that. Like so, we can now push up a lot higher than what we used to. You know. I'll ask you, you know, is Gabriel an improvement on, say, someone like Mertesacker? Of course he is, because he's got power and he's got pace. He's more mobile. And I think that's something yeah. that we've been lacking. So that, you know, but ultimately what we've got to do then is just, as I said earlier on, let these players defend, make them defend. That means sometimes you're going to have to be three against two, you know what I mean? Like, And you have to be able to deal with that. Not, not, not two against two or them having an overload, but like, us being comfortable and defending. I have to look at it and say, you know, like with Tommy Asso, I thought he had a torrid time in the first half, changed his game in the second half and just become a defender. Won the battle. Didn't, didn't lose the war. And that's what you need to do. But what you've got to do then is get things going up front. And I think at the end of the day, you know, I watch, you know, watch, you know, watch Arsenal. Sometimes you just think, right, I'm going to watch this game and see what happens. I don't want to see Pe you know, Pepe coming back into the, on the edge of our box chasing and all that, like you know, then what what will happen is, particularly with the two wide players, is that if they're on the edge of our box, they've then got to get to the other side of the, to you know, got to hit the opponent's box with a 60, 70 yard run, and then at the end of that, do some magic. You know, it's hard to do that bit of explosive play in the box and all that, like you know, let them play higher up and and, and let the defenders defend. And I think that that's something that we can do. Um, I also think that we, we, we can, and I know I don't care what anybody says, we control games a little bit better now. We get the ball and we control it, you know, through midfield and all that. Sometimes we, and there is that frustration, oh, why don't we go for it? We're keeping the ball, we're keeping the ball, we're trying to probe and everything like that. But what we need, I don't know if it's Mikel Arteta 
or it's not the forwards firing. The one thing that I will say that I push it towards Mikel Arteta is that whoever bloody plays up there don't seem to be doing the business, whether it be Martinelli, whether it, whether it be Pepe, whether it be... It seems to me that they're not quite firing. Why is a bit is is a is a mystery. I think it's a big thing. I do think at the end of the day, let them let them. Yeah, no, sorry, I was going to let you finish. Lee, Lee, you mentioned Martinelli, Trev, Dan Bailey also mentioned it in the chat as well. And hello to everyone in the chat. I'm not putting up many of your questions just because the conversation is really flowing. But where is Martinelli? Uh, What do we do with Martinelli, uh, Trev? Well, you see. Focus, it's really interesting. I'm, I'm glad we've got these boys on tonight because because we're having a great conversation about our great club. But what you got to remember, we're talking about getting midfielders forward and creating chances. You got to remember that as as, as little time, I know it's, it, it was it was it was different, but as little time ago as the Man City game away a few weeks ago, none of the back four we back five we currently play that we're all ranting about played in that game. That's true, and it clearly showed how limited their abilities were because Manchester City taught us a new one. And under them circumstances, even if I was manager, I wouldn't be saying to me midfield players, you're going to have to press forward and make chances. I'd be saying, look what I've got playing at the back, boys, drop and cover, you know. And and that probably that probably made it worse under them circumstances. And then, of course, Shaka got sent off. So the changes consistently have been more recent. You know, this actual back five has probably played together, what, Put me off. I'm wrong. Four times now, five maybe, you know. So and and then moving up the field, uh, Martinelli. You asked me about Martinelli, right? From what I've seen of Martinelli, he's not done very well when he's played. Whether he needs a run in the side, whether that injury is still lingering, but I'm not. I'm not going to praise a player just because he scored a goal against Chelsea a couple of seasons ago. You know, I'm going to as I find it, Martinelli played against Brentford, didn't he? Him and Balogun played against yes. Brentford. And I walked into that stadium thinking, here's a breath of fresh air. Here's a breath of fresh air. And at the very least, I thought those boys would put themselves about, you know. But they weren't very good that night. They weren't very good they that weren't. night, boys. And, and I don't... From what I've seen of them, they're no better than what we've currently got not scoring. I honestly think that. I said it the other day. I said it the other day. I think that I think that Arteta is one transfer window behind where I wanted him to be. Yeah. And Richard Butler just mentioned it in the comments where he says we've taken a long time to improve the defense. And so we're a bit behind. I I was hoping we would be in a position now where we're watching a full team of Arteta players playing for the Arsenal. And I'm going to make a judgment on Arteta then. But I think we're one stage behind. I think Arteta's been caught out. I think we've all been caught out by the fact that our strikers have stopped scoring goals. And I think in January, if we can manage to buy a striker of the right ilk, then we'll probably see another advancement on what we've seen so far. You know, we are behind where I wanted us to be. I'm not happy about it, but I I, I didn't see this coming up front. I didn't see it coming. This, this, No, I... Totally agree, Trev. Uh, And I think, as we said earlier on, that the main area you had to focus on was defensive and then get the midfield. For years, we wanted to replace uh, Vieira in the midfield, and we never had that. And party is the closest thing we've got to something like that. Dan, 
What's your mm. thoughts on on the Martinelli situation? Because many a time before you deflected, uh, before um, you started uh, Lee Judges TV with Lee, um, you, oh. you um, <laughs> I'm only Don't joking. Smile. It's all love. It. you you had called out um, the manager the player everything and said you know Christ give the guy a chance when he's been sitting on the bench he got Balogun who people were screaming about how fantastic he was what do we do with those two and where do you see them going would you loan out one or both of them in January yeah it's interesting with these two players because um, they are the future they're not the here and now Um, I'd like to see both of them long-term at Arsenal because I think they're talented. If you would have asked me in the summer, we're going to keep Lacazette and Eddie and Ketia, then I would have loaned out Balogun 100% because Balogun needs to play men's football. He can't keep playing in the under-23s because he's completed that. He's absolutely killing it. He's smashing it. And again, he's scoring goals the other week. So he needs to go and be playing up top. And whether that's in the Championship or in the Premier League for a Norwich or a, or a Palace, for example, who I'm sure need a striker because they've probably got uh, fed up of Ben Teke, then so be it. Let him go over there and play football. As for Martinelli, we're one injury away from him getting a game. So he, he can't go out on loan. We still need to remember that, I oh, know we haven't got Europe, but we still do need a squad, not a first eleven. So for me, Martinelli plays 100%. And I wouldn't start him at the moment because like Trev said, when he has come on, he hasn't impressed. But we do know there's a talent there. So for yeah. me, if you're not going to be looking at the Pepes and Sackers or the, so one of them's getting tired, that's the opportunity for Martinelli to come on for me. And I'm a little bit like Lee Judges, I think, where I think tomorrow we might see Erdegaard and Smith-Rowe both playing with party as a free. And there's an opportunity there for Pepe or Martinelli to come in with Saka on the right-hand side and a Bamiyang up top. So it could be interesting to see who plays on that left-hand side if that is the formation he goes with. If Laconga comes in, it's a different story. We'll probably see Smith-Rowe, Saka and Erdegaard. But with Martinelli, it would not surprise me, Fergus, if he does make an appearance this game because there's been a lot of talk throughout the international break, whether you believe it or not, that he's unsettled or unhappy. So the best way to show that that's all a load of rubbish is to bring him on and give him a good half an hour against Palace tomorrow night because there's a player there. We've all seen it. It's not just a solo goal against Chelsea. It's 10 goals that he scored when Unai Emery took over and signed him. So is a, there's a player there, mate. So I want to see more of him. And, and, and we've got two games two games in uh, short succession as well. Uh, Steve Taylor in the chat comes along and says Gabby's injured. Um, Lee, just finishing up on the um, the Palace game, I, I know that. we've skirted around players and uh, not did I. Uh, we've talked about players and, and formations and stuff. Vieira uh, inherited a team that was well-schooled and well-organised by Roy Hodgson, an old man, a veteran of, of, of football, of England, and, and been around the block. And, and he'd done a really good job getting... Um, uh, 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 getting a trick out of that that team and that squad, um, and now you got Vieira. Uh, sorry, that was Roy Hodgson, and now you got Vieira there. And if you look at the Leicester game, he the uh, a couple of weeks back, um, they got schooled in the first half, and they came out in the second half, and they schooled Leicester. And you saw what Leicester done to Man United yesterday. So you know they're a decent side, but most of their um, uh, their their goals are coming from substitutions. So is that something we've got to worry about? And who would you worry about in that Palace side um, tomorrow, Monday? Well, you, tomorrow, you know, yes. the obvious ones are, of course, you know what I mean? But I, I would be worried about Edouard because that's the sort of player that we struggle against. Someone big, strong and powerful, you know, and we've, we seem to struggle against those sort of players, you know. Going to back, back Fiera, I think that, um, you know, he, he has had to um, bring in a load of new players and has adapted really, really well. 
I will say this about Crystal Palace, a different pressure to managing Arsenal. Well, I think Patrick would go along with that when he's played at the club. It's a different philosophy. There's a different attitude. Um, you know, where, for instance, if Palace were playing um, Brighton away um, I, I, and they got a draw, nil-nil, I don't think there'd be any criticism coming his way. That, you know, but obviously when it's Arsenal, there's criticism comes in that way because that's, that's the nature of the beast. So... You know, I think that they're the two players to be wary of, wary of. But what we've got to do, and this is what I'm saying, and this is what I I go with with Mikel Arteta. Don't worry about the opposition. You know, make them worry about us. You know, and we've got yeah, so many yeah. more better options. I was saying against the Brighton game. You know, if you ever look at Brighton on the bench, we had Martinelli, Lacazette to come on from the bench, and Pepe. You know what I mean? Like that, that's a a nice front three. To look at and get, you know, if things are not going right. I've got, I've got the options. I looked at Newcastle today. I didn't see too much of the game because once Spurs winning it. But what options does you know? People criticise Steve Bruce, right? Um, well, change it, change it. What options has he got to change it? Not, not many. But Mikel Arteta has got, you know, he can bring in Lacazette for 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 Aubameyang. He's got Pepe to come on. He's got, he's got Martinelli. He's got so many more options. So very, very fortunate to add those options in attacking senses. So for me, uh, as much as uh, you know, Crystal Palace have got some very, very good players. It's it's about us putting the pressure on them and making them worry about us. And I think that that is where he's going to be. And substitutions sometimes, you know, when I play football, sometimes you're left out, was left out, and, and you think, right, well, you've got a substitute can be a key player coming on twenty minutes, twenty five minutes mm-hmm. from the end and making things happen. We have got I'm those sure options. He'd done it well with Solskjaer, didn't he? So yeah, you know, like Man United, yeah, Man United were, were prone for it. Like you know, going back to the great great Liverpool teams, you know, uh, you know, um, Trevor remember a player called David Fairclough that come on and always pr- produced. Never heard of him. Too young, like, I mean, like, you know. But like, so these these things. Uh, my dad told me about him. That's why I'm saying that. Like, so, uh, but like, um, but but the, you need that in the team. We've got a, we have for 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 what we've got. We haven't got a bad squad, boys, and we should be doing should be turning over. Not really worried about the likes of Crystal Palace and so so forth. The one thing I will say about Arsenal, and I think any. Arsenal fan would have to say that is at this moment in time you're just not sure what performance you're going to get. You might, you know, you might go over there tomorrow and we could blow Crystal Palace away. We we might not. That is the problem. We, we've not really got that consistency Great. where we know what we're going to get. We've got to get up to that that consistency. We've got to raise the bar as far as I'm concerned on consistency. At Lee, uh, on that note, I, I we do a prediction league on on um, Arsenal fans forum, and uh, I predicted my score. And I was talking to somebody today, and they said, oh, "What do you reckon tomorrow?" And I went, "Exactly what you said. You can't call Arsenal at the moment, but I'm asking you to call Arsenal. What are you calling it?" I, I think Arsenal will win this one because you know while we're at home, and I, and, and I think two 0 I'm going for. Okay, Dan. Sorry, mate, I'm on mute. Yes. Uh, I I would 100% agree with judges. Um, I'm going to go for a 2-0 because I think we've got to start scoring soon, Fergus, and I think that 
this is a team that I actually tipped to go down this season, and it wasn't because Vieira joined at all, because I really wanted them to do well. But I think they lost like 14 players in the summer. So it was a team that I really thought would do, uh, would really struggle. I've been impressed with their recruitment. I think Edward's a really good player. I like Michael Olise that's come in. I think Anderson at the back has really helped them. So they've got some players to, to hurt us. I think with Lee, I think Edward's a very good player, and Zaha is always a menace at the Emirates or away. So I think it's going to be a real difficult one. But with the last few games of our back five showing that they can they can you know battle um i'm going to go for a, for a clean sheet uh and i think this is going to be a real tough 2-0 win and what i mean by that is we might nick a goal and then palace may come at us give us a chance to counter attack to kill the game off and make it 2-0 and that's what i'm going for being optimistic <laughs> for once yeah <laughs> Bloody hell. You're good, I know, Jesus, Trev. Attack, I know, Trev. People, look, if anybody's wondering, this is Guns and Yellow Bins. You know, you have tuned into the right show. Just, just, just so you know, joke. Um, uh, <laughs> Trev, score prediction, please, mate. <laughs> I can't give a score prediction for a minute because once again, I, I, you know, it's great listening to these boys. Well, here and, we uh, go. No, well, no, 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 there's, there's no, 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 no. Carry on, carry on. No, no, no. Seriously, carry on. And. and I mean, Potsy said just now we've got no Europe, right? No Europe this year. And that's an, it's a very important thing to remember. And, and and that means I want to see us win trophies, right? I don't want to see us do what we did last season. I thought that that was the biggest mistake that Arteta has made in his relatively short managerial career was disrespecting the FA Cup last season and putting out a side that we all felt couldn't win the game, Right. So I want, I, want, I want us to respect every cup competition. I want us to go all out with the squad we've got to win everything. And Lee, you're right. Fairclough was the original super sub, mate. Do you remember? He was the yeah, original. He was, yeah. Ginger head lad. When he used to come on, yeah. times out of 10, he'd come on and bang a goal in. And you think yeah. he's done it again. He's done it again, you know? But going back to the score prediction, I, I, I'm, I'm going to put my neck on the line, right, firstly, and I'm going to say that I think that from what I've seen of our back five, we're not going to let a goal in, right? Not going to let a goal in, right? I think they're good enough to keep a clean sheet against Crystal Palace. Although Vieira will get Palace fired up, he'll have been at it all week about his former club and how he wants to turn them over. He may not want to turn them over, but Vieira will be at it. And we know how he can wind people up. Just ask that Roy King fella. But (laughs) I think we're going to keep a clean sheet and I think we're going to win, as Fergus says, 4-0. 4-0. Get your money on 4-0. 25-1, I think it is. Um, I, 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 was, I was predicting what you were going to say. And also, um, I think, was it Trulls in, on, uh, had a picture, saw a picture of your new dog and said your new yeah. dog should have been called 4-0 as well. I thought that was brilliant. It should have been called 4-0. Yeah, it was brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> Trulls, spot on with that, yeah. yeah. Although, I'm, tonight, I'm going to... I'm going two nil with the lads as well. I, I, I've, I've called two nil, um, only because for the same reasons. I think defensively we're much stronger. It could be four. It could be one. It could be a bore draw. It, you can't call it. But I'm, I'm hoping because we're at home. It's two nil. The game on Friday is a different kettle of fish. I think it's going to be a bit tougher. Uh, guys, the there's a couple of other topics. Berg, the fans will make a difference tomorrow if they're like they have Hugely. been. If the, if they're like they have been, mate. They're almost worth a goal, you know, the way they have been. I looked, we spoke about it right at the top of the show, mate, and Lee's bang on. I hate agreeing with him all the time, but Lee was bang <laughs> on, mate. When we were playing Tottenham, I know it was Tottenham, the biggest home game of the season, but I looked around that stadium, top level, 
club level, bottom level, everybody was at it. Every single person was at it. And Trev, I've been, I've been going. I've been going to that stadium for 10 years and I've been to several North London derbies, Europeans. I've been to Barcelona, 2-1 Barcelona. been to loads of fantastic days, nights, evenings and, and, and I've never witnessed or experienced. And I thought even the one I took Joseph to uh, about two, three years ago, um, in early in the season, the Tottenham game where Lacazette scored just before half time, I thought that the, the, the roof lifted. Mm, but That was nuts. It, it, that was nuts. This blew the doors off, the roof off, everything, that North London derby. An hour and a half, two hours before, and the free beer, buy one, get one free. Uh, it, it's it's an economic thing, as you said. Um, helps. How do you know it's buy one, get one free? How do you know? You never put your but, hand in your bloody pocket. Per, 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 personally, for myself, know? Trevor... Personally, for myself, Trevor, as you well know, I don't get a buy one, get one free. I buy two, you get two free. But it was the best atmosphere ever, and it's unreal. And I'm, I'm hoping that you are right, that that will lift the, the crowd tomorrow. Um, Jack Wiltshire, Jack Wiltshire's back training. Don't move, on a minute. don't move on a minute, because we've, we've covered everything off as to why what we need to, to win a game of football, right? We can laugh about it, but beer being two for one for an hour before the game helps, right? Because it gets everyone a bit oiled up, right? Watching players go on that field that want to play for our great football club, the Arsenal, has raises the fans, right? Watching players that can actually tackle now, like Gabriel and Tierney, you know, and Partey, they put a tackle in, the fans are lifted again. And it's a two-way thing. And at the moment, it's working brilliantly. We just need to raise them tomorrow, and I'm sure we'll be fine, mate. Right, Fergus, I'm allowing you to move on now. You're okay. Why, thank you, kind <laughs> sir. Um, Jack Wiltshire. Jack Wiltshire's back training with us, Lee. Um, what would you do with Jack Wiltshire? Are you glad he's back training with us? Um, he's obviously without a club. Uh, there is uh, a possibility. The guy's only 28, 29 years of age. He's, a, he's clearly a talent. We've seen him over the years uh, since he was very young. Would you have him back in some capacity in the club? Would you have him back? And there's about three or four questions. It's all the same thing. And then I'll go around to the other guys with the same uh, sort of question. Would you have him back on a say a pay-as-you play or a short-term contract to cover the? You got the the Afton Cup of Nations coming up in January, so he could cover in the midfield. Or would you rather have him as an academy coach or some part of the training? Uh, I'm not happy that he's training at Arsenal, if I'll be honest. And the reason that I'm saying that is because he should be playing somewhere. He's that good a footballer. It's, it's an absolute travesty. 28 years of age, 29 years of age, he's not playing football because, you know, I, I, I thought he was a fantastic player for us. And if, if he weren't for injuries, he wouldn't be at Arsenal now. He'd be, a, he'd be at Barcelona or Real Madrid, simple as that. He was that good. For sentimental reasons, why not? Why not? And, and I, I am a little bit sentimental on things like that. You know, could he do any better? Could he do any worse than say someone like El Nini or something like that? Couldn't do no worse than Shaka at the minute because Shaka's out injured, so you don't know what's going to happen there. And for a short-term thing of a January, February time, why not? Why not? If we can't get anybody else in, I would do it. People turn around at me and say, "Ah, oh, never go back on all that." Like you know, Man United have just signed Ronaldo, thirty-six years of age. I remember. Liverpool signing Robbie Fowler back from Liverpool. Um, probably like better days gone past him, Fergus, if I'll be honest. But he gave the club he gave the club a lift. 
give the players a lift. Now, I don't know what's going on in that um, training, but if he's giving the players a lift and making things happen in there, then that can only be a good thing. So, um, for me, I, I would I would put him on a short-term thing. But ultimately, you know, he's got to get a club and play regularly, you know, because I think that he deserves it. Um, my big worry for that is that, you know, he couldn't get games at West Ham. And, but, and look how good West Ham are at the moment. So, that, that, maybe that's... He's had lots of issues, both West Ham, Arsenal and uh, Bournemouth. Uh, some that are common yeah, knowledge, some that aren't common knowledge. He's, he's got lots of issues. But, uh, Dan, where would you be on, on the Wilshire situation? And probably picking up a little bit on what Lee said, building that sort of atmosphere, belief within the club, we, we can go back and link it back to the Vieira thing. We were always looking for a Vieira-type player. He, he knows what it's all about. He he played with Arteta and he can bring uh, some of that Arsenal DNA through. Saka talked about he used to see his picture on the wall and see him playing and, and, and used to say, I want to achieve that when he was at Hayland. So with Jack Wilshere, the way I see it is this. It is a footballer that should be playing football somewhere. I'm with Lee. I just don't know whether that somewhere is at Arsenal. Now, I'm with Lee, I'm a little bit sentimental and I would not sneeze at the fact of a pay-as-you-play contract. Because if you look at where we are in our midfield, if we would have bought a Bissouma or a Bruno Gomares or a Frank Kessier, somebody like that to partner Thomas Party, you've still got Lukonga and Chaka to come in. You've still got Maitland-Niles, Elneny to come in. But actually, is Jack Wilshere any worse than Mohamed Elneny? Is he any worse than Granite Shaka? Is he any worse than Maitland Niles? I don't know yet. I haven't seen it. So I think it's a big risk to bring him in. But I wouldn't sit there and say he's not going to get game time. He's definitely not on the same level as these guys because our midfield is paper thin, Ferg. So one injury away from Thomas Party, we are now of playing Lakonga and Elneny. Uh, or Lakonga and Maitland Niles. So it's a position that's certainly available for the lads. If he impresses in training and shows his fitness, then why not? But I don't think it's a forward, moving forward signing. I think it's literally just a stopgap midfield. And he's going to get injured because he ha he ha he's never had a, so, a season so, where he's not been injured. So, go so on. if I was asking you yes or no, would you would you would you give him a contract till uh, I, the end I, of the season? I would because we're not going to buy another midfielder. So I would because I don't think we're going to get a Basuma or a Frank Kessier. So I would because he's he's better than nobody. So I would do it because he, and it would have to be a pay-as-you-play contract because he's not proved his fitness. Um, so, And also it depends what Jack Wilshire wants to do because one level he wants to get fit, the next level he wants to do is coaching badges. So so what way? where does he see his future at Arsenal? Does he, does he want to go on to the coaching staff team and give up playing football professionally? I don't know. I don't know where his head's at yet. So it would be a risky decision to make now without knowing much okay. more about it other than he's obviously just training. But if he signed for us, Fergus, I wouldn't be upset. Trev, uh, what's your thoughts on it? And also, uh, picking again up on what Dan's just said, there's been so much media talk about Jack Wilshere. Uh, I don't know why. Is it because it was in the international break? Is it some sort of smoke screen around some other stuff? The paranoia inside my head sometimes kicks in. Um, where, where are you on having Jack back in the squad and at what are in, in the fold, not the squad, and at what position and area would you have him would you have an ambassador would you have him coach whatever i'll leave it from there well, jack jack wilshire is already having an influence 
on on the Arsenal players, on the younger players. And and, and I'll tell you how, why 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 I've come to that conclusion in that not only has he been training at the club, and we know he's doing his badges, he's been travelling away with the under-23s, right? So not only is he around London Colney, he's around the squad on match day. He was he travelled across to Newport, I believe, and he travelled down to the other under-23 game uh, uh, the other day before that. I saw that because people had their pictures taken with him. So he's more than just a face around the club. He's obviously got some kind of involvement. So if he was just a face around the club, he wouldn't be travelling to these away games wearing his Arsenal tracksuit as part of as part of the club. So he's obviously having an influence at the moment. I want to see Jack. I want to see Jack Wilshere do well. Whoops, that's me light falling over. I want to see Jack Wilshere doing well. More Who got you that ever. bloody hell cheap crap? But you did. Anyway, look. I want to see. Jack <laughs> I want to see Jack Wilshere doing well more than anyone else on the planet, mate. I, I, I love the lad. I love his heart. I, I love his passion. Do I want to see him play for Arsenal again? I don't think I do. I want to see him go and get a club somewhere else and play really well. I don't want to go backwards. We've got players on the fringes. I know he's, he's probably better than, than an El Nenny and a, and, and, and a Maitland-Niles on, on his day. Definitely. We've got players like we've not mentioned this this Tavares lad yet that's not getting any game time, right? Now I know it was only West Brom away, Fergus. I know it was only West Brom away, but Tavares played in that game. My God, he was good. He was a class above anything, you know, bombing up and down that left hand side. So we I think we desperately need to get that lad some game time, you know. So no, I want I want I'm slightly different to the lads. I want Will Shit to do well, I want him to get his badges. I want him to get a contract with another club, but I don't think I don't think I want him. If he played for Arsenal again and he wasn't very good, then that'd spoil it in my head, you know. And, and so I want to see him do well, but not playing. Okay. Final question on the Guna debate is: uh, We've all heard about the Newcastle takeover. Um, so there, you know, is this what teams nowadays, clubs nowadays? expect a success like there's some moral questions around the surrounding of the takeover and 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 and, and whether it's a country whether it's pif etc and i'm not going to get myself into any legal sort of stuff but how would you feel i'll go to you first dan how would you feel if some uh, an organization similar to uh, uh what's happened at newcastle approached arsenal and uh, the cronkies and took over uh, Arsenal, and even if they had some sort of alleged sort of checkered moral background, how would you feel? Would would you be comfortable with it? And is that the way forward? The only way forward for uh, teams to be successful. Uh, so unfortunately, we live in a world where it is the only way that clubs can be successful now. Um, and I don't just mean a one-off title like Leicester and even Liverpool, you could probably put in that bracket of doing things properly because although they spent a lot of money, they did it the right way in terms of recruitment. That's quite rare now because if you go past the last 10, 15 years, Chelsea leave everyone dead in the water and of the last few years, Manchester City do also. I remember speaking to Lee only a couple of weeks ago about this and we were both saying that everybody said, oh, Chelsea will never be bigger than Arsenal. Well, in the last 15 years, although they're not a bigger club, they're certainly a lot more successful in the last 15 years. And that's only because of money. Manchester City will never be bigger than Man United. Well, they've won more league titles in the last few years than Man United have. Manchester United got 
thumped 6-1 at Old Trafford by Manchester City because they'd spent a lot of money. So to answer to that question, yes, if you want to see Arsenal win titles again, this ownership ain't going to do it. We need to get somebody in that's going to have multi-billionaire um, uh, finance behind them with ambition. And the difference between Kroenke and Roman Abramovich is quite simple. It's not money, it's ambition. Roman Abramovich will only demand one thing, and that is the best. And Stan Kroenke doesn't demand anything, let alone second best, third best, fifth best, or first. He doesn't care. He will just throw money at it and say, do what you want with it. I'm not really bothered. Just let me look at the Rams, please. So I don't want an owner like that. Now, these Newcastle owners, I don't know anything about them. I've had no idea. But what I can tell you is they're going to be successful in the last five, in the next five years because they're going to pump everything into it. So would I want that at Arsenal 100%? Do I care about what they stand for? Not really. I care about Arsenal winning football games. So if that's the only way we're going to compete with Manchester City and Chelsea, we're going to have to do it, unfortunately. And do you think Stan Kroenke's a nice guy? Stan Kroenke goes killing animals, apparently. I, I don't really care. I don't like the guy anyway. He could be a great guy, a bad guy. I think Rona Abramovich is a nice guy. These people are billionaires because they are horrendously bad people to get to where they've got to. Now... I don't want to get turned into politics and religion. I don't know enough about it to say that is what I would demand at my football club. I don't demand that we are in charge of an ownership that does horrendous stuff to people, animals or society. I'm talking about would I want a billionaire owner with ambition who wants nothing more than the best at Arsenal Football Club? Absolutely. Because if we stick to where we are at the moment, we are not going to see Arsenal win trophies. I, 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 certainly in the next 10 no, to 20 I years, in my opinion. That I would agree. I would agree. And listen, I'm I'm not asking you to make a moral judgment on any particular team or a, a, sorry, any particular ownership or anything like that. But how it would sit with you, like you know, you got people glue, gluing themselves to bloody motorways yet again. They've driven there. Oh bloody... God, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't need to go into that. But it's just how it would sit with you if there was that sort of suspect side of things. Lee, hmm. um, your thoughts on. Is that the only way forward? Are we all doomed to petrochemical money and dollars and, you know, there's no such thing as building class tradition and, uh, you know, and building uh, a club from before. You just got to buy it. Well, unfortunately, I think it's the way it is now. I think it's, you know, morally, it's still probably the right way to go. That's why I've never got no beef if Liverpool win the league, really, because of the way that they go on about doing it. But, um, the one thing that I will I will say about it is that um, I if if they they was the owners of, of of my club after the excitement I've seen what it was like in Newcastle today. Do you imagine if you had that 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 it's about the hope, you know? All of a sudden Newcastle got hope that they can win the league. I don't think Arsenal will ever win the league again, in my opinion, because the way things are, you know, you've you've got Manchester Manchester wow. City and, and Chelsea, you know that listen. And I'll tell you why it is because Arsenal can't go out and spend 50, 60 million on a Werner, say a Tino Werner, and after one season it not working, go out and spend the 90 million pound on, 96 million pound on a Lukaku. They can't do it. Great point. Great point. You know, I mean, like, we can't do that. Um, and Manchester City, you can say that with, with Eke, they, they bought him for, for 50 million. It weren't working, so they went and bought Diaz in the same, in the same window. You know what I mean? Like, so we, we can't afford to do that. Like, you know, um, with a new, uh, and I think with Newcastle now, you know, like, I, I think if you look at Manchester United, let's have a, look, a quick look at Manchester United. They're doing everything to, to, to hang on the coattails of these clubs by spending, trying to, and, and, and they're still falling further and further behind, Very you true. know. 
Um, so it, it's it, it's a difficult one. The other thing it is with with Kronke, Kronke could spend as much money as um, Abramovich if he wanted to. You know what I mean? Like, but he chooses not to because he doesn't really. It's about spending and buying the money, or making the money. And we were talking about this the other day, which is a great point. What are the Cronkies in in the club for? Are they into, they're in it to earn the money, right? I think we can all agree on that. But at this moment, there's no guarantee now of European football, let alone Champions League football, with Newcastle coming into it again. There's no guarantees of this and that now more. The, the, the money train that we'll, or the, uh, that we had in the Champions League for so long is not there no more. There's no guarantee that I don't think that Manchester United can guarantee that, that you know you, if you sat down on a ball at Man United and say, "Yeah, I can guarantee Man United are going to be in the Champions League for the next ten years," I, don't, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put money on it. No, you can't. No. So what, you can't. What the likes for Arsenal. So could it be a time for them to get out and and and, and somebody else coming in and it could could well happen. Could well happen. Trev, be interesting. Trev, the man I, of I wisdom. Like... Uh, two, two seconds, Trev. Uh, Jerry Brady has a good point on there as well. Like Liverpool made lots of money out of transfers with um, Suarez and so on. Uh, and that, uh, John Henry, uh, forty million and one pound, uh, hmm. runs the Boston Red Sox, which is. Yeah, which That's is a great the, point the, by Jerry. Though that is a great point. Yeah, a huge, huge point. And and, and they, they they play moneyball, and it is they go out and they buy a player with potential to sell it on to buy another three players to buy another player. Well-run club like Leicester. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. this this yeah. is a great point, right? Dan's just led into it nicely with Leicester. Firstly, we let our players go for free because we have to, because they're not good enough for us to get any money for them. Nobody wants them. The players we've bought recently. And Kai makes a really good point there. We're missing ambition, not money. And, yeah, and, great and point. I saw that. Lead mm, touch yeah. money. Because, because I, I, I want the Cronkies out, right? I want the Cronkies out that much. So I went down to London and I stood with these boys and I made my voice heard that I wanted the Cronkies out of my club. But I didn't want the Cronkies out of my club because of money, boys. I know some people disagree with me. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree with what I, you're going to say. I want, no, I want the Cronkies out of my club because they show no passion for it. They don't exactly. show me care about it they don't show me they want it to be successful you know they tell me to be excited three or four years ago and i've seen nothing right i want to see owners that if if i had an owner that was up on club level in that diamond club every week leaning over the front clapping their hands and wearing a scarf and shouting and hollering for my football team then i'd think to myself yeah they want us to win something's wrong but it ain't the owners at the minute i'm thinking something's wrong and it is the owners because, you see, when it comes to passion, we spoke about it earlier, right? It's all tying in nicely. We talked about the passion of the fans because they're watching the, the players want to play and they're watching a, a tough tackle go in and they're watching a bit of effort. Well, that extends upstairs as well. You know, if, if the fans don't see an owner that's passionate about the club, how the hell are we going to be passionate about the club? You know? It, it, mm, it's like Trev, one I, big I, vicious circle of passion and... We need all of that, you know. <laughs> Trev, I, I totally agree, and I, I hated the. No, I'm laughing at you, Trev. I'm laughing at the Stephen Taylor in the comments. Too, yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. I it's spot on, Steve. Steve, yeah. he did wear a scarf, but but Steve, I, 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 I hated. I, I hated the Abramovich thing at Chelsea. I hated the way it was. Uh, dope and football and everything else but Christ I'd kill for Abramovich right now because it, okay, there's political reasons he's not in the country right now but you looked at him, he was there every game Wet Wednesday in Stoke, he was there mm. 
and he was just doling out money after money after money, and that's all we want. Uh, my, my, my other question was just about the moral side of things, and I, say, I think it's probably difficult for everyone to talk about. Listen, while we're on about Newcastle, got to mention a uh, Newcastle fan uh, was taken ill at the game, and the game mm. was stopped for 24 minutes. We just wish him well and uh, hope he's well. Guys, I've really enjoyed this. This is this is an hour and seven minutes. Christ, it felt like about 25 minutes um, that we've ran. And it's really, really be enjoyable. Two seconds, Trev. Um, I'll tell you what, let, let let Trev talk and then I'll finish finish it up well, talking to you guys. Go on, Trev. We haven't had a good debate really, right? We spoke about games and that, right? But there's something that I saw on the telly yesterday that I wanted to run by these lads, right? Because it's about us, about fans. Right? I love Trev. Right? <laughs> I, on BT Sport yesterday, fifteen minutes now, Dan. You know that. <laughs> listen, listen, Stephen Taylor. Don't worry about great show, lads. It ain't finished yet. Before the game, <laughs> before the, listen, it's a serious point, right? Before the game yesterday, um, on BT, there was there was Steve McManaman, Joe Cole, and whoever the presenter is on there, right, talking about how tough it is for players with the rescheduling of the games and and with the international breaks. Now they have to play two or three games in three or four days or five days. And now the scheduling is terrible for them. And do you know what? Not once did they mention us. Not once did they consider the fact that they schedule these games, but we've got to make an 8 o'clock kickoff on a Monday this week. We've got to make an 8 o'clock kickoff on a Friday. We've got Leicester at 12.30 on a Saturday, we've got Liverpool at 5.30 on a Saturday night and there's no trains home. Not once did they mention the fans. And for me, it just nah, it's totally the eye. They just do not care about us. We do totally not matter in the slightest. They rattled on for about five minutes about how hard it is for these players and how hard it is for these clubs. Not mentioning us. Jack, you know, Joe Bloggs on his couple of hundred quid a week. Great point, you know, Trev. Man United, Tuesday yeah. night, uh, yeah, eight o'clock yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. So, you know, train back home, you have two days off work. It is, it is. But, and do you know what, mate? They, they, to top the lot off, they talk about having this zero carbon stuff and all that crap. Man United flew to their game at Leicester yesterday, flew a hundred miles, flew. And, the, and the next week, they're telling me, don't chop me bush down in the garden because I'm impacting on the carbon air conditioner, whatever it is, you know? We, we, used, to, we used to take a, we used to take the 15-minute flight from, from Stansted to Norwich. So we're as guilty as that. As, well, no, as they're all, no, all oh, they all are. Yeah, they all are. I'm not picking on Man United. It was just no, 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 no. All, all clubs do it. All clubs do it. I'm generalising. All clubs do it now. But I, I agree with Trip. you know... Listen, and do you know what makes that even worse, Trev? Do you know what makes that even worse? They've just had a year and a half without fans. Yeah. yeah. And we're They've so special. And, right. and realise now what it's like and then and start putting it on, on, on the fans. You are dead right on it, like, you know, um, the Liverpool game, you know, is a tough one because of the European thing. I get that. You, you can't play on the Sunday and whatever, like. But for me... You know, half past 12 kickoff, you know, ain't the greatest time. See, this is the thing what you have to think. Liverpool, Arsenal, they've got, they have to then think of what is the best time, best, the best time is half past five. The 12, the 12.30 kickoff don't get great tenses. 
Also, that one's on BT. Sky want that one. Has to be R5. All right, okay, we'll go with that. Don't care about the fans. But but also, what what the Premier League should be doing and the, and the country as a whole should be saying, right, let's, let's pay whoever it is a little bit extra so there's trains leaving Manchester or leaving Liverpool after these games of football so we can get home. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, wouldn't, you you thought, Lee, wouldn't you thought, Lee, the, 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 the clubs would actually put some pressure they, and, and, and the TV companies well, put well, pressure on Exactly. And, and, you know what I mean? Like, and, I, don't, well, I don't. You know, so, 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 so when you... And look, listen, you can go up there for the hotel and everything like that. So they'll be saying you're coming and everything like that for a hotel. But the fact of the matter is on a Tuesday night, if you want to go, if you want to go to Manchester... For a, for a midweek game, you cannot go by train, right? Because you can't get home, right? So that's so that's out of the way. So you then got to go by car, right? Or if you're lucky enough, by plane. Well, let's not mention the planes. But anyway, like you've got to go by car. What, what airline are you taking, Lee? Car, you can't leave at three o'clock, four o'clock when you finish work. You know, like if you if if you want to go to Old Trafford at eight o'clock, you could actually get to finish work four o'clock ish. Get on the four five o'clock train. Takes two and a half hours to get up there. You can be up there by half six, seven o'clock for eight o'clock kickoff, and then be. But ultimately, if you're driving up there, you've got it's four four and a half hours minimum. So you you can't say right, we'll leave at three o'clock. We're going to get no traffic. You've got to leave. So you've got to have the day off work on the Tuesday, and then you got you know you ain't getting home to five four or five o'clock in the morning. So whatever way you look at it, you've got to have a day off. You yeah, know, yeah. and that's, that's not yeah. it's not right. It's not right. There's a massive picture of, of money-making, mate. Liverpool away, right, on a Saturday. I looked at the hotels in Liverpool on Saturday night because we can't get home, right? Now, the Adelphi, that's a dive, and he's normally 40 quid a night on a Saturday night, is suddenly 220 quid. Yeah, yeah. me and my dad, me and my dad have got this issue. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Me and, me and my dad have got this issue. It's, it's crazy. I was sitting there thinking, right, let's just get a hotel, Dad, because obviously we can't get back home. Yeah, stay, stay hundreds of pounds. Stay in Manchester. Jesus Christ. Um, what, do, what I do is when I look at that fixture, I just book an hotel there and then because you know it's yeah, well, we found somewhere cheap and, enough now, but do you know what I mean? But like, it's just tough. It's tough. Lee's all right. Lee That's... goes uh, by a flight, doesn't he? Leasy Jet, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Lee goes on. <laughs> Leasy Jet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Train up there, like, you know what I mean? But Leicester away, yeah. 12.30 kickoff, boys. 12... I'm going to have to be in Weatherspoons in Leicester at nine o'clock on the game. <laughs> oh, what a shame that is. What a shame that is. Don't you get don't you get too drunk before you give my ticket. He's got my ticket for Leicester, so don't you get too drunk before. <laughs> yeah, I'm driving up. i got to stay sober. Guys, it has yeah. been absolutely amazing. I've really, really enjoyed this. As, as I said, it's now an hour and 15 and so on. Um, Lee, Dan... Uh, Thanks very much for joining us. Uh, I know the no, two of you have started. You started a new venture with Lee Judges TV that has gone from zero to hero in pff, no time. Loads of content and Arsenal fan content, unlike um, some channels which are a bit shouty this way and the other. Okay, yeah, we've we've all got all four of us got varying uh, opinions and 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 uh, not uh, no agendas is I think is is where I'd come from. Give Try give this. people Brilliant. who watch Gun- hang, hang on. I'm gonna cut you off again, mate, because I'm backing you here, mate. I'm sorry. But it's really important point. I've written it down here, mate, right? I've written it down here. I'm choking now. In that He's dying. tonight, Fergus. Tonight, you and me and Lee and, and Dan, we have some massively differing views on Arsenal Football Club, right? Sometimes I read what these boys post and I think I'll get lost. But I know they think the same about me, right? But this is the point I'm making. 
all you people out there on social media, if you disagree with someone, it don't mean you can't be their mate. That's the, that's what mates are all about. You talk about things. Tomorrow night, us four, well, Lee won't because he'll be up on his prawn sandwiches, but us <laughs> other three, we'll be down outside block five, <coughs> excuse me, having a beer, having a laugh, having a joke because differences don't ruin friendships, right? Yeah, differences don't you. ruin friendships. We all get on really well. You know what I mean? Now, Fergus, I promise you, son, I'm going to shut up now because I love you <laughs> and I'm going to let you finish. Well, it, it's not for me to talk. It's for Lee and Dan to talk. Talk talk to people about uh, Lee, uh, Judges TV, how it come about and how it's going and where people can catch you up. To be honest, most people are going to know you guys more than us because we get about 500 or so oh, looking at us where you get many more. What we've done is we, we had a conscious decision to do, put on a channel, but we wanted to do different content and all that, which we, we, we're doing. But also is to give other people an opportunity as well. You know, to come on fan cams of different... We're not worried what views it gets and all that. We just want good content. And that's the thing that we've gone down the route of good content. So we've got good people on board. There's, there's things about Arsenal. There's different things, you know, um, other other things on there. Having Kevin on board is, is, is a massive thing as well. Um, yeah, and that's, that's, that's what we've done. We, we felt that we want to give um, other people opportunities to, to, to grow their channels as well because I, I feel that... I'm I'm in a fortunate place on that where other things have meant, meant that I can can do that, and if I can give opportunities to other people, then fantastic because I think that there is great content out there. There's great Arsenal fans out there, and at the end of the day, as Trevor quite rightly said, we all want the same thing, and that's Arsenal to do well. We might not agree with the way we're going, every what it goes about, and all that, but ultimately, I love the Arsenal fans. It's, it's that's that's what it's all about for me. Um, you know, when you go away from home, I always say there's that sense of pride when you come out and onto the terrace and you see all those Arsenal fans, whether it be in Liverpool, Manchester or whatever, on a Tuesday night, all travelling up there. Makes me very, very proud to be an Arsenal fan. So, uh, and if I can give a bit back, I will do. Dan, you've enjoyed, well, you, you more or less host, host a lot of it as well with, with Lee, don't yeah, you? Yeah, some main, of it. Um... The main programme, I think, yeah. Yeah, some of it. We've got quite different shows. Uh, Monday night, we share uh, the channel with Chronicles of Aguna. One night's on Lee Judges TV. The other night's on Harry's Chronicle of Aguna. Uh, and that's basically the same old Arsenal lads that we just wanted to carry on. Obviously, Craig had stopped. We wanted to try and continue it together. Uh, Tuesday nights, we have Mike Feinberg and Tanner, who do a show called Arsenal Soup, which is just some fun oh, games and crazy yeah, game show stuff. This morning, I was on with great. Feinberg. Oh. Ah, uh, he's a great laugh. <laughs> great, great laugh. Go on, go on, go on, go on, go on. Uh, And then we do. We've got Albert, who's going to do um, a uh, Albert Albert's Talking Points show, which is going to be like a hot topic show. Uh, Thursday, me, Lee, and Kev are on. So Kev normally hosts that one, do a preview show. We always get a guest on, opposition view wise of who we're playing. Uh, and then the weekend games is all about me and Lee uh, and all of the other fan cams. I know Ferg, you've helped contribute to that as well. Um, and we'd like to do some more crossover with you guys. So um, that's kind of in the pipeline. So if we do this again, we'll get it on both channels. And we want to try and grow everyone else's podcast. You know, it isn't just about, you know, me and Lee doing a, a channel and making Lee Judges TV big. We want to get all of the other, you know, Arsenal content uh, lads involved and try and do some collaboration and crossovers because there's so much great content out there. And I think there's a lot of them that are undersubscribed and underviewed. And I think it's about trying to work together to... Do like an Arsenal Netflix and get everyone's uh, content viewed <laughs> more because it's great. And, and, and I will <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that called Pornhub? 
<laughs> I, will say, yeah. I, I will say this on on that. I think like me and Dan have spoke about this. Like Fergus is um you're a great host on this. Really, really. And I think this podcast's really, really good. It needs to grow. It needs to get bigger. It needs the opportunity. Trev's you know a gem. Find, to find someone like that through this, I've met Trev. You know what I mean? Who's who's a great guy. And 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 I feel that views these these sort of podcasts. This one in particular deserves to be pushed on to another level. Agreed. Thank you. Um, I was I, on the Lee uh, Judges fan cam uh, WhatsApp group. Uh, Feinberg dropped. He he. Mike is uh, he's over he's over from uh, where's where's he live? Um, DC Washington he, in, in a, Washington, Washington yeah. DC. Yeah, and he's over. He's currently staying in the old Highbury uh, in one mm. of the apartments there, and he's over for like three weeks. And he puts out a drunken message. I'm doing a I'm doing a, <laughs> I'm doing a podcast. Jump on, and I was lying in bed, and I went. I'll have a look and see if they're on. Before you know it, I'm on for 10 minutes and I'm whispering and whispering and whispering. <laughs> Sophie jumps on and she's in the chat. Isn't it very funny, Fergus is whispering. It was my wedding anniversary yesterday, hence why I'm wearing this top because the wife bought it for me. Um, but uh, I'm whispering, gone midnight, wedding anniversary's over. I'm yay, like this. I went into the bedroom about one in the morning and uh, she was gone. You got very loud very sudden, didn't you? I said, oh yeah, sorry, woke her up. But the, the, the point was uh, that both Dan and uh, Lee made it was we were talking about the community that is podcasting whether it is and that is Arsenal first and foremost but the the podcast community as well whether you're AFTV or Harry Simeu or Lee Judges or uh, you know Mr Arsenal or Guns and Yellow Ribbons who, who it doesn't matter who you are or what 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 podcast you are we all type type of support each other and mm. we'll G each other up and I think it's, it's absolutely brilliant guys we can waffle on like we did last night on, on that one uh, so this, Jesus Christ we, we, we shall call it a day at that point <laughs> and before before Trev interrupts again because he'll go on for another monologue for about 20 minutes yeah. uh, you have been watching Trev at least you have stick a pint in front of him he might shut up tomorrow like you know what I mean Ferg just before you do go if anyone is interested me and Lee will be on Lee Judges TV at 9 just doing a weekend roundup of the game so if anyone does fancy a bit more football chat Premier League wise not just Arsenal wise we'll touch on Arsenal obviously then head over on there uh, no Nine o'clock and we'll be on. If not, no worries. Get your get your head down and look forward to tomorrow. Brilliant, guys. Uh, thanks very much, Lee Judges TV, Dan Potts, uh, Lee, Cheers, uh, mate. Trev. As always, you're a menace. But <laughs> Rogue, yeah. that is definitely right. That's the right T-shirt there, isn't it? Lovable it, isn't it? Rogue, he I said, should say. He said. He asked me before, how's this T-shirt? I said, it's perfect. Suits you. <laughs> <laughs> you have been listening to Guns and Yellow Prince at the Arsenal podcast. Bye, Arsenal fans. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> thanks very much, everybody. If you like what we do, subscribe. If not, who cares? <laughs> You've been listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons and Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too.